You're listening to DraftKings Network. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code DAN for a special offer when you sign up. That's code DAN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. I was kind of hoping you took it uh, literally, or maybe more figuratively than literally. I guess a person, why did I change? Yeah, like, why, like, yeah. Like, why did I change? Why did you change? Dude, you fucking flew home, huh? Volate. Como un cohete. <laughs> that has to be on there. Goethe. Yeah. Goethe is a rocket, guys. Oh. I got it. Yeah. In the context clues. You know, uh, you did, did you, a little you thing. Were, did, oh, really? I yeah, think no, no, it was no. There's no way you got Goethe. I mean, I, he goes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Me, yeah. Got home Do you know what airplane is in Spanish? Hmm. Aero. No, I don't. Mm. Aero. Mm-hmm. It starts with an A. Yeah. No. Avion. Avion. Uh, tequila. Yeah, like the tequila. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. This guy gets it. We have, a, we have a segment that we haven't introduced yet. Can we like tell people about it? Welcome to Mystery Crate, by the way. What? Hey. Oh. Wow. Can we tell people what it is or do you not want to do it? I mean, we could tell people what it is. Ooh. People aren't going to get it. Can you tell I me what it is? I have an idea. Actually, no. It's a bad oh, okay. idea. Never mind. Pretend oh, I don't know. Oh, no. I want to hear it. There's no bad ideas, Chris Cody. Okay. Let's change something. No. There's. There's okay, tell us the ideas. other idea then. Okay, so I was going to say if Lewis is still there, but I really doubt that Lewis is still there. No, he's not. No, no, I'll call him. Hold on, let me call him. Why, okay, yeah, call him. Is he? Do you think he'll be able to join us? Because I was going to say maybe we can do a soft launch of the segment. Hold but on. Lewis needs to be there. Yo. Yo. What's up? Are you by your computer? Uh, I could be. Okay, go to your computer. Is there a picture? Nah, nah, you're on Mystery Cray right now. Hey. So don't say anything crazy, you yeah, crazy okay. guy. Yeah, welcome to Mystery Crew. I'm sending you the Zoom from today. Log it, jump in. All right, he'll be in a second. Lewis <laughs> is a character, right? How would we best describe Lewis? A character. A character is a perfect way to describe. Is a character the best? The best way? I feel like characters leaving it a little dry. Really? You wanted <laughs> to? No, I don't know. This it a little is what bit. you say. You say Lewis is a character. Oh, yeah. you got inflection. Lewis is a. He's a character. Listen, Lewis. He's a character. Exactly. Mm. Roy, you nailed it. Thank you. Lewis is a character. Right? <laughs> yeah, I like how you said that. That's good. Lewis is probably... He doesn't play by anybody's set of rules. No, That's what right. I like about him. He plays by his yeah. own Those rules. are my favorite things that Lewis does is when he kind of says something in the corner that's like, ooh, should that have been said? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that your favorite thing, Chris? Yeah. That feels like it would be your favorite <laughs> I thing. do like He's that. He's only dropping F-bombs in the corner while the mics are on. Back yeah. yeah, he does a lot. He does, he does a lot, a lot of, of notice of talk. Not just F-bombs, but just generally having yeah, loud conversations while other people are on air. And having like, no and sense of when we're on air. And, and his phone as well. <laughs> Hi, Lewis. He's probably like recording his next big guitar solo. He probably is. Wow. wow. Not even close. The world has now wow. heard you play guitar. Uh, tie, yeah, yeah, yeah. How would you best describe yourself? Oh, Me? On. I got to like retweet yeah. this musical or I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, 
I miss a guy who loves his family and just trying to get after it. Mm. <laughs> trying to get after it. Hell yeah. Yeah. At first I was See, like, I told nah. you character and wasn't, I was like, wasn't yeah. enough. I told you character wasn't enough. I think character uh, works fine. Yeah. Can we talk about Lewis's uh, cartoon character that debuted this week? Cartoon character. The one Angel mm. drew? Caricature. Oh, you got a caricature. Oh, nice. Yeah. Looks good. It I looks didn't really see it. good. I, look I like it. I think Lewis like and Tony it. now have the best ones. Hey, even though you called you. my caricature a fuckboy. I just wow. said your caricature looks like a fuckboy because he's, wasn't like, inaccurate, he's making a face what? where he's like biting yeah, his of lower course. lip. <laughs> like, tell of course me he's going to say that. Tell me that is not fuckboy behavior. God, I hate Let me take a look. Hold on. Let me take a look. It sounds mystery. Well, no, it, it looks like you. So either you look I'm like I'm definitely one not biting don't. my upper lip. I'm just kind of giving you a smirk. You are. You're making like a weird like smirky face. It's a smirky face. It's not a biting. There's no biting. Have you seen are... Tangled? Have you seen Tangled? Oh, no, Disney. Ooh, the me. guy, the guy in the movie, like the 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 man character, like I don't know his name, but he does his thing every now and then in the movie where he makes like a face smoldering, and you look like that. <laughs> I look smoldering. Okay. You look smoldering. <laughs> okay. You're talking about Flynn Rider. Oh, Flynn. There it is. Seems like Chris has expertise yes. in that. Sick flex. Uh, Lewis, the reason we invited you on, not that you're not always welcome, but uh, Tony and I were saying that there's a new segment that we were thought we were thinking about maybe doing like a soft launch of on this that you came up with. Okay. But you you are the uh, the keeper of the wheel. Really, the well, yeah, there's a wheel. You're the keeper of the wheel for this segment, so we can't do it without you. Log into the computer so that you can up. open up your wheel. Yeah. There's Are we gonna launch the reel? Yeah, there's a wheel with over, with over like fifty. We're entries. just teasing it because we got to get to Tony talking some UFC. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. Don't get me too excited. What do okay, we have? Give me a second here. Big Tony. fight this weekend. Tony, what I mean, are we about to listen to on Mystery Crate? So uh, Ariel Hawani, friend of the show. Mm -hmm. um, I used to be a MMA novice until I got uh, hooked up with Ariel on his show when I was over at the Mothership, and I started paying attention to MMA and. A lot of the characters and storylines and all that jazz and uh being kind of the de facto mma contributor here at metal arc i felt it was time for us to start covering a big sport like the ufc if you used uh, to be a be novice so what are you now what are, yeah i was gonna ask that too that's a good what question you, what status have you reached you're a veteran now, so right? so there's novice then there's casual uh -huh. then there's i think expert is the top right like yeah. ariel's Beyond that, Savant. he's on a different plane. But uh, Savant, is Savant above that, right? Savant, Savant yeah, maybe. Um, I'd say somewhere between casual and expert. There's a middle ground there that we can kind of. It does look like mm. he's biting his lip. Yeah, Jess it does look like a. <laughs> oh wow. Huh. Hmm. So I'm somewhere between casual and and expert. Like there's a middle tier there that I don't know what the name would be, and it's kind of there. Your caricature looks like it waxes its eyebrows. You don't. But your no, you can, you can tell does. that I don't, right? Like, mm -hmm. they're they're no, you got some bushy eyebrows. You thread yeah, natural. I think you thread. No, my Jenny Jenny like takes care of my unibrow with like a little buzzer. Oh, I mm. love that thing. Oh, the little yeah. shaver. It's like, like it almost looks like my a eye thing eye of lipstick. Just popped because I got so excited. Yeah, you still have Yeah, it looks like a little thing of lipstick, and she takes out the top, yes. and then she like buzzes the. Uh, oh wow, there it wow. is. Wow. Okay, so get, hold on. Let's 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 rewind. <laughs> so in a little bit, you're gonna hear me and Ariel Hawani, the one and only. Uh, talk about UFC 272 uh, Masvidal versus Covington. So that's coming up in a little bit. But here we're talking about the BLT, Billy Lewis and Tony, uh, idea of a segment that we're going to unveil unknowingly 
to the rest of the world and everybody on the show. So that's we why I'm kind of do like, one. We, just do one. It takes like 30 seconds. It takes 30 seconds. I know, but like the whole point is like we have to have the music and I don't well, know if, if send send them the music. The music's there. Didn't you put the music in? No. In the J drive. It is in the J drive. You just listen to it? Okay, no, maybe complicated. If we send it to Chris, can he play it? Yeah, yeah. I like Chris. that the audience is getting an uh, inside look at a production meeting behind, at Metal yeah, Media. Behind the yeah. scenes. Well, this is what we do kind of anyway. Um, Glad this was supposed right. to be a real easy intro and outro for us. Oh. Are you, you're doing a lot of heavy lifting right now? <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. Are there sounds being sent here? Or? Just the, I mean, I mean, it should be yeah, on the computer. I'm sitting here. Billy, isn't it on the computer? Did it should be. It? Yeah, no, it should be on, on the computer that you're at, Chris. Yeah, but where I just on don't know what it, what, well, in Adobe, what's it called? The files it's called, are inside the computer. Oh, man. It's called the Refran de Dia. Wow. The Refran de Dia. I have it on my desktop. Be careful. Computer. You're still screen sharing. Oh, my God. No, that's oh. the computer in the studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't got anything weird anyways. I doubt that. On the computer in the take, studio? Let's, let's take a gander. No, there's nothing weird here. Can you spell oh, what it's God. called to Chris Cody? I have video games. I have kids, Bill. I can't have weird things on my computer. I right. mean, but your keyboard is weird looking itself. There's like a skull and like a flower. Yeah, but the weird... the weird know that, what the buttons are for. No. Yeah, no, it's, it's... That one day I needed the space... The, uh, the, the dash. dash. Yeah, it's it, impossible yeah. to find. Because instead there's a rose, like literally a, an actual flower instead of a yeah. dash. Can we tell yeah. everyone why we sound so low energy today? Because we're tired. Leonard. Fried. It's been a long week. Leak. Wait until next week. Chris, did you find it? I was going to say because we were working on a top secret Levitard show. Uh, let's just say list of things that we had to sort and organize today after the Ooh, show before Mystery Crate. Exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think all of us are suffering. Yes. From that process. Do we have to keep a secret? Can we just. I don't think it is. It's March Sadness. Yes. March yeah. Sadness. Oh, nice. And wow. Yeah, wait for it to be over. I have yeah. been staring at a, a white screen with black lettering for hours. Isn't mm -hmm. it not fun? Yeah, You're right. it yes, did make correct. me very sad, and it is <laughs> like I, it's an accurate you, name. You, you used to listen to the show, right? I bet you thought like, "Oh wow, like this maybe this is like entertaining," and then you're doing it like this. This is well, fun. This so kinda... peek behind the curtain. We were going through them and seating them, and Witty was reading them out loud, and we were all by the time we got like halfway through the list, just kind of weren't reacting. And Dan's like, well, if they're not funny and you're not laughing, then they shouldn't be on the list. And we're like, we're not laughing because we've been doing this for like three hours and none of us <laughs> have the energy to laugh anymore. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> What's your guys' favorite guess. planet while we're while we're at this? Neptune. Earth. Earth. What a mm. cop out. I like Neptune too. Boy. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm on that. What's yours, Billy? Let me hear it. No, I, I don't. I don't have one. What does Ricky oh, say? It's not Pluto anymore. Gotcha. Okay. So you don't like Earth. My bad. You don't does like Ricky Earth. Does Ricky say Uranus yeah, like or Earth. Uranus? He I don't want to get too attached. Funny. I heard it's dying. It's Uranus. Mm. God. It. You'll be long gone before then. Mm. Maybe. Okay, Cody, I sent it to you. You should have it. He says, Jess, you're going to also need to uh, spin the wheel inside the studio. Okay. So you need to find where the wheel is and give it a oh, No, no, no. This we're is gonna, getting. No, yeah, no. no. We don't we need to spin, do that. Yeah, no, yeah. We need to spin the wheel so we hear no, the noise. I can spin it from here. I, no, I know from you here. can spin it from there, but he's she's saying spin she it. needs to play the wheel sound while Come you on. spin the what actual wheel. All right, I got yeah. my sounder whenever you guys want it. This is what happens when Tony's in charge. I mean, I'm just trying to do a lot of things. We need more reps. Lewis, it's not spinning. No, it's spinning. Okay, play the song. But the song hasn't spinning. All right. Yes. Oh, what a stunner! Oh my God! 
in a stunner. El refrán del día means the Cuban saying of the day. And we almost had one of our favorite sayings come yes, up. the best one. But you know what happened? Casi, casi. Casi, casi. What are the odds, dude? What are the odds that it lands on Kasi Kasi? Billy, come on. Don't tell, you, don't tell me that wasn't thrilling right Guys, there. Guys, tell us what's happening. It lands on Kasi Kasi. I might be Fill out on in. this segment now that we're doing it. What? See you later, King. Have we Kasi set Kasi, up for ahead. the audience what the segment is? <laughs> I still exactly. have no idea you what we're doing. You haven't explained the segment. You, you haven't heard said the what music. we're doing. You got so excited. Okay, so the segment is the Cuban saying of the day. I didn't think I need to explain more than that. We have a wheel. We spin the wheel. There's Cuban sayings on the wheel. The wheel that came up, okay, what came out was Casi Casi, a Cuban saying, which means almost. Almost, almost. Almost, almost. Cassie, yeah. Cassie. Okay. But the right. funny thing is and that I'm we almost now. had another saying that we really like, oh, oh, and God. it was almost Welcome there. Welcome to Mystery Crate there, so Chris. So we had to say, Cassie, Cassie. Cassie, Cassie. And on that wow. note, Calabasas, Calabasas. Oh, that's the one that was almost there. Oh. Spin it again, spin it again, spin it again. Oh, we're doing Spin more it again? This. One more, one more, one more. I don't more, think this more. is... It's good that we're doing this on this because this is not going to work on the main we gotta show. We got to polish it. It's our first one. What are you talking about? No way. Oh, another <laughs> classic. Comiéndote un cable. And what does that cable. mean? What? That means what? eating a cable. Eating a cable? Comiendo un cable. Yeah. Yeah. That's when, that's when, like, listen, when you got to take are a Are you L, writing this down? Yeah. We have... This is my oh, Cuban lessons. Exactly. I don't think that these are, are specific to Cubans. This could just be and like Hispanic papaya. sayings. Yeah. It doesn't, obviously, it's using Spanish words. Anyone can claim ownership of them. Yeah. I know, but Tony Still was don't know saying what's it was going a on. Cuban saying of the day. They're cute. Comiéndote un cable. I've never heard, like, I've, I've always only heard Cubans say that to me. Where's Frankie? Bring Frankie over. No, he knows it. He knows is it. Is this music he'll, he'll copyright you... free? Can we? Make... Yeah, it is. Okay. Good. It's 8 p.m. Yeah. Oh. Get Frankie. Somebody get Frankie and tell him to come over. Is Frankie, Frankie. here? Frankie! Well, now this is a disaster. Come on in! <laughs> now it's a disaster. It's Billy's fault. It's Billy's fault. I, I, no, we're gonna... I tried to pull the plug after like one, but now we're doing a whole thing. No, I just want to bring Frankie over to... I'm sorry. Yeah, now you are. Exactly. This is going to be so You're eating the cable now, big guy, because we're going to try this again. We're going to establish right, Frankie's the room. Frankie. Frankie's here. Dímelo, primo! Bien, aquí. Oh, Lord. Okay, Frankie, comiendo un cable. El dicho ese. Comiendo Dímelo. un cable. What does it mean? Uh -huh, comiendo un cable. Mean? What does it mean? Like you eating a cable. Like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> comiendo un cable. But is there another meaning that you associate with with that phrase? When, when you poor, me estoy comiendo un cable. I got no money. <laughs> you're okay. so poor and, that you're and, eating and a Frankie, cable. No, it's like when you when you don't got no money and you say that type of saying, like. I'm eating a cable, like, it's a saying that I'm, I'm like broke. You've got nothing else wow. to eat, so you're coming okay. cable. Frankie, is that an exclusive Cuban phrase, or are there other nationalities that use that? <laughs> well, just, just, just to let you know, I'm Dominican, so I don't know. Exactly. No, I know. That, that, I know. That sounds like racist, it's not just Cuban. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm not sure they'd be racist, but it's different sayings in Spanish. Of course, but that's what we're trying to say, right? Yeah. Like, it's not just a Cuban phrase. It's everybody's phrase. Yeah, it's everybody's phrase. Yes. For it. En español, sí, es una frase de muchos países. Sí. Okay, perfecto. That's what we were trying to get to the bottom of. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the clarification. All right. Thank you, Frankie.
Oh man. See, that's what happens. Billy comes in, then he then he leaves, and he's on a phone call, and it, like it's a, it's. He doesn't oh, care. He doesn't care. <laughs> All right, let's get, let's get to the interview. Worst huh? mystery crate intro ever, and here's Tony and Ariel Hawani. By the way, are we live right now, or we're not like, live? We- we're recording, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, well. Like, is this the show or is this the pre-show band? No, pre-show. A little pre-show before okay, the show. Okay. Yeah. Well, first, it's great to see you. It's great to talk to you. Um, the question. Well, f- did you hear your shout out on the show? I did. did, you get- I did. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy that someone would weird, mention right? you? Yeah. Super weird. I didn't know that Connor went. Do you remember Connor? Yes. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I used to call great. him the cowboy. When when you see him, tell him I used to call him the cowboy because he's got okay. this deep raspy yes. voice. And he has he a would- great on-air voice yes so yeah i do remember um, he sat right next to me in the corner and showed him the ropes of whatever it was and he would always talk on the intercom back and forth between bristol and us and i was like man dude's got like a cowboy voice yeah, like yeah, clint yeah, eastwood yeah. back in the day i right, loved right, it right. Connor's uh, my boy. the question i had was before we worked together did mm-hmm. you know anything about mma so i remember the first time that you and i got together um was when and i'm forgetting was it steve Steve Brayband. Steve Brayband brought yeah. me and you together in like building four, some obscure building in the middle of Bristol's campus. And mm-hmm. you're like, hey, this is Ariel. He's, you know, you're going to be working with him on, on the MMA show. And I'm like, oh, cool. Awesome. And I remember my first thing, or you asked me, when was the last time you, you watched MMA at the UFC? And I was like, my favorite, and this was, I want to say 20, summer of 2017. Does that okay. sound right? Uh, no, 18. 18. Okay, 18. summer of 18. And I remember I told you Forrest Griffin was my favorite fighter, and then uh, Anderson Silva knocked his head off. And yes. he ran off the ran out of the octagon. What is that? UFC like one on one. Okay, so I was gonna say one hundred. That was the 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 last wow know, remnants of, of UFC that I had until that point. So wow, imagine okay. what eight years later? Probably that was like uh, 2010, 11? That was two thousand nine. Nine. Okay, yeah, I was in, still in high school. I was in I was a junior in high school. And ever since we started working together and obviously just learning from a fountain of knowledge like you know somebody who has you can go back to almost like every pay-per-view and card and be like oh yeah this happened this happened just like listening to the way that you conducted interviews to listen to the the way the fighters respected you it was like oh wait a second like this is really cool so i started getting into it into it got my wife into it like we never miss a card now she's like oh you're talking to ariel i'm like yeah that's my boy what are you talking about that's awesome (laughs) that's amazing um can, can I ask again? Are we? Is this? Do you want this on the show or not? We, we could do it. Yeah, pre-show. No, like back in the day, ask... you used to have the pre-show, eat the crust first. Come on, baby. I'm, I know. Yeah, exactly. I'm an OG. But I have to. I, you know, I always wanted to ask you, and if you don't want to talk about it, it's okay. Because like you kind of just like left, and I heard like you were dealing with some health stuff, and I just wanted to know if you were okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Because yeah. um, I loved working with you, and then you just kind of left. You remember? It was yeah, like of not. Course. It was like two months in or three months in. Yeah. Uh, this was this were... was 18. Yeah. So so October, uh, I, and I haven't really spoken about this, and, and you're my boy, so it's it's all good. Um, I actually had uh, I got diagnosed with uh, wow. cancer. Yeah, in wow. October of 18. So I had to come home to Miami to start tri- the surgery, start treatment. I had radiation and all that jazz, and that yeah. was in the beginning of 19. So I actually. When we started doing the show, October, I had like, for some, I was, I can, I put it this way, I remember, uh, it was a Sunday night football game, and I want to say it was Rams and like Vikings or something, right? And I'm watching the game, and I'm on the couch, and I'm like this, by myself, my apartment in Connecticut, and I kind of looked down, and I had a weird like bump under my armpit. So I was like, huh, that's, that's kind of weird. So I call him, I'm like, hey, this is, 
that. I don't know if it's a big deal. And she's like, well, just go check it out. So I flew back home and I had uh, I checked it out and they were like, yeah, that that is weird. Um, we got to see what it is. So they wanted to do a first biopsy on it, just kind of see if it's like a mass or just, you know, one of those things yeah, that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they looked at it and they were like, yeah, this is definitely not normal. We got to like have you test it again. And wow. two weeks later, I had to do like a complete excavation. They took it out and they're like, oh, yeah, that's definitely cancer. And I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. All right. So um, that was in that was in December. I had to fly back up to Connecticut, pack my entire apartment, told the guy, I was like, hey, I'm breaking my lease. Like, I got to go back home. And he understood, uh, all the bosses at ESPN understood, you know, obviously what was happening. So I came down and for January and February, I was doing radiation. Funny enough, uh, February 27th, a couple of days ago, was my three-year yeah, three year anniversary yeah. of uh, when I rang the bell and I was done with treatment and stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then shortly after, I got hooked up with the guys, you know, down here in in Miami, and the rest is. You've never been back. No. You know, you you just stayed. I stayed home. Yeah, wow. I stayed home. And and when did you leave ESPN for good? June, the day of freedom, June fourth huh. or sixth or whenever it was. Oh, so this so you were doing what were you doing from twenty nineteen to twenty one? So I was doing Dan's show, right? I was the main podcast producer putting gotcha. all the stuff okay. together until 20... January, 20, right? January 4th or whenever when yeah. they left. And then they transitioned me to do like Bomani's show. I was doing Brian Windhorse's show. I was helping okay. out with like Low Post and Schefter and all the stuff that I used to do before. Yeah. Um, they just kind of put that stuff on my plate. And I was there from, I guess, that, that January till this past June of 21 when I jumped and joined the ship. Right. Were they uh, cool with it when you left? Yeah, they were expecting it. They okay. were like, it, it's funny, it took six months, and I was like, you know, yeah. that's showbiz, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, cool. Well, I'm happy, and you're okay now, no problem? Yeah, yeah, perfect. I've been in remission for three years. Um, I do my checkups uh, every six months and a, and a year on tests and all that. And uh, yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Awesome. All right, yeah. cool. I just wanted to... To yeah, 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 no, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm very good. Yeah, it was. I, I, and funny enough, like I never, I never really told anybody. Like I don't even know if the people here know, to be honest. Really? Yeah, like I haven't. I'm, I'm a private guy when it comes to stuff like yeah, that because yeah. it's, it's not just something you go out and say all the I time. Get it. It's not yeah. real a conversation starter. Right? I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, the what, what they told me was like, uh, you weren't coming back, and I was like, oh man. Uh, and then they were like, first they were just like you're away for a bit. And then they said, yeah, he's not coming back. <laughs> and then I was like, is everything okay? Um, and and I'm, I, I, I think I didn't, and I'm sorry for that. I, I should have like reached out to you and Dude, just, no. but it's yeah, I, I, I remember like thinking, but like I, cause you know, like you, we, were, we were never in the same room, so I didn't, but they said like you were dealing with something personal. And so I was like, all right, I'm gonna leave him alone and Dude, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll uh, cross paths. And then we had this guy, I think it was like Isaiah, his name was. Uh, but then Troy came. Do you know mm -hmm. Troy? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, and uh, and and he knew nothing about MMA, and now he's like, like you, like the Mr. Hardest. MMA, right? Yeah, 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 it's crazy. <laughs> You've converted us, bro. I know it's wild. It's wild. So, do you um, have that a lot? Where where you you meet people that were not fans or just casuals, yeah. and then all of a sudden they hook up with your show, they hook up with what you do. And they get you and they like you. And then all of a sudden that turns them to being like, oh, wow, I never miss a card now. That's like my life in a nutshell. <laughs> like my <laughs> friends, my high school friends, um, they, they were a little bit late to the party. But, 
you know, now they're like, oh, like, you know, like one of my best friends from high school who unfortunately I don't get to see my friends from high school all that often because they're in Montreal and they're, they're asking me questions about Masvidal and Covington. And I keep saying to them like, you know this stuff? Or they'll reference something <laughs> that I'll say on the show. And I'm like, you're watching three and a half hours in? Uh, I think like the ESPN deal definitely, you know, up the, the profile of the sport and the UFC. Um, there'll be like, uh, you know, f dads of my kids' friends who, you know, knew nothing and now they're interested in what I do. So they'll, they'll like, oh, what about this? I'm like, wow, you actually know this stuff? You know, you're, you're aware of it. So yes, I feel like this happens a lot. And then uh, what has happened luckily throughout my career is, you know, meeting someone like you, someone like Troy, someone like Connor. Uh, and then all of a sudden they're talking to me about you know bellator cards and stuff like that right, like, saucy shit. like dominating yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i <laughs> love like, that oh, wow. that's great i love it i love it because i really do think that if you take a little bit of time to get emotionally invested in the sport the characters the storylines the rivalries it's it's very much like pro wrestling right like you start to become super invested and you want to see how these conflicts get resolved right like if you've been following now even if you've been following jorge since 2019 when he came back and he got the knockout, you mm -hmm. know, Askren Till. You want to see how this story, because it's like now like a three-year build for this just, let alone the people who have been following him since, you know, Bellator and Since Shark street fights. fighting. Yeah, since street fighting in Miami. I saw him as a kid, 2005, 2006, fighting people in the streets and prying with Kimbo Slice. Yeah. Like on backyards. Facebook, on MySpace videos, they'd be like, oh, who's this guy? Long hair, yeah. street Jesus. And like, that's how I know him from me being a 13, 14 year old kid. So like to see the rise of what he's become has been incredible. Okay. So can I ask you a question? Yes. Um, this is, okay. There's a few things that kind of annoy me about this fight happening this, this, this evening. Um, first of all, it's happening on 305. Represent. It should be happening in Miami. It should. Right? This would be a big deal in Miami, right? Like the UFC is, is for some reason allergic to American Airlines Arena. They don't want to go there. They had one bad show there like 15 years ago and for some reason they don't go there. Do you think this would sell in Miami? I always hear like, oh, there's so much going on. Could they sell out that arena with this fight? I'll tell you this, this is the biggest mistake the UFC's made in a long time because mm -hmm. on 305 day, if yeah. you pump out Masvidal and Covington, on yeah. 305 day at the FTX, it would have been sold out. Would have been sold out 100% without a doubt. Why do you call it the FTX? That's what it's called now. Because they, they oh. changed the naming rights. They Crypto's did? taking over did? the world, Ariel. Golly. Wait, where the Heat plays now, FTX? It's now FTX Arena. That's whack. When did that it happen? Is. Beginning of this year? Yeah, it happened like earlier this year. Like, uh, yeah, it was in 21. For sure in 20. That's whack. It, it is whack. Is, I, we still call it the American AAA, but now it's like FTX has been so okay. burned, you know, burned in my brain. So it, that's it the biggest sell. mistake they've ever made. Though. It would sell. Yeah, I mean, it was 100%. like three. Oh, you couldn't even script this any better. By the way, is, is 305 days, like, is that is that a big day? In yeah, Miami? there's, there's going to be parties. There's going to be parades. That's why I'm saying, like, this is a huge mistake because the fact that you have the number one fighter from Miami, yeah. bring him out, you know, from... Street Jesus fighting people bare knuckle in backyards in Perrine to the top of the apex of, of the MMA world and you're not doing it in his hometown? Like that's fumbling the bag, like you said. Okay, so okay, so that was my first question. Second question, uh, and you know, Dan talks about this, like you guys loved Jorge and now like the relationship has I think gone a bit sour, maybe a different, is that the sentiment in Miami? Do people still love Jorge? Yes. And I know like, okay, so they don't feel, I, I know the politics are a little bit different than Dan's in the state, but do they feel any differently about him? No, 
He's okay. still he's still like our right because here's the thing when you come up as a Cuban American kid in Miami you don't see professional athletes outside of baseball that are people you grew up with people that are down the street from you like this is a guy that if we grew up around the same time I would have been friends with like if we went to high school together we would have been friends to right. see that representation on the biggest stages in on the planet like how can you not cheer for that guy. And it's almost a bit of like separating the art from the artist when we don't like things that happen to people that we like. Right. You know, you got to take the good with the bad. I, I just kind of flush all that out and just like you take a look at what's happening in the octagon and be like, he's an incredible story. He's a major ticket seller. Like that's that's what he is, right? So for me, like I still, and we'll get to the whole fight at the actual fight, Masvidal Covington in a bit, but like, the fact that he's still doing it and it's still commanding a huge pay-per-view uh, number from around the world, like that's that's impressive to me. And I I still root for Masvidal. I, I, he's a guy that I would have grown up with if we were in the same time frame. So, are, are you Latino? Yes, I'm Cuban American. So it's like, oh my god, that's right, my so guy, right? This like is your guy. when he came in, it was like, oh wow, like this is a guy that is from where I'm from. One of, yeah, one of us. Okay, but what, so like Covington on uh, Wednesday is like, I live in Miami, I'm in this Miami, this, that. He's, Miami he's not Miami. Miami does not claim Colby Covington okay. not one bit. Not one bit? Not, not one like, bit. I don't know of anybody that's like, yeah, Colby Covington is a Miami guy and that's my guy. Like, I don't know many people that are, that are that even know that he claims Miami like that. <laughs> right? Okay, it's I like, just wanted to clear that up from an actual... Miami person because like I don't when I think of Colby I think of Oregon yes I think uh, you know I think of like wrestling like he's there's nothing Miami about him uh and you could say that for like his entire persona like the whole thing is a front but um I wasn't sure if he had spent enough time and there are enough people there who talk like him look like him act like him or like all right that's my guy he's Fort Lauderdale <laughs> That's what he is, Ariel. He's Fort La He's not Miami. He is Fort okay. Lauderdale. Say he's from Margate, saying that he's from Miami. It's like, no, buddy, you're 45 minutes away from Miami on a good day with no traffic. You are not Miami. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So those are my questions. So there's some people and that are still getting to the UFC in our universe, right? Like I have been de facto the UFC correspondent for Metal Arc Media because there's nobody else that really cares like I care, right? Yeah. So when I'm introducing people to, like you say, I, so I didn't grow up with pro wrestling. Like I wasn't a guy that was watching WWE, WWF, all that stuff. So I'm tapped in now to the storylines of what's happening in UFC because for me it is real to a, mm -hmm. to an extent, right? Yeah, yeah. There are characters like we talk about, yeah. like. He's now become UFC's ultimate heel. I don't think there's anybody more heel than Colby at the moment. But, like, can you tell the people how Colby ended up being the heel, being the super MAGA guy, being, I'm going to yeah. be Trump, and I'm going to be this character that nobody can stop? Like, how did that happen? Yeah, so, you know, he was a great um, amateur wrestler, collegiate wrestler. Uh, he goes to American Top Team, which is in Coconut Creek. Uh, and, you know, they, they are one of the best gyms in the sport. Um, for those that don't know, it's different than than boxing. It's not like you know you have like Team Mayweather and Team Canelo and stuff like that. Our sport MMA, there's gyms across the world and obviously across America where you'll have you know ATT in Coconut Creek, you'll have Jackson Winklejohn in Albuquerque, New Mexico, you'll have TriStar in Montreal. On and on it goes. AKA in San Jose, and so ATT is one of the very best, like consistently one of the very best, and some of the biggest names in the history of the sport have come out of there. And so he goes there, they develop him into this guy. And and for the beginning portion of his career, he was just sort of like a vanilla. Sorry about my dog, Macha here. Oh, no, it's all good. Let him. There, there was just like a, 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 he was like this vanilla 
wrestler guy. There's a thousand of them in the sport, right? He just goes in there. He takes you down, ground and pound, no personality, nothing to him. In fact, I remember the first time I ever really had an interaction with him, he kind of called me out on Twitter saying like, oh, Ariel doesn't interview me and called me like a nerd who plays magic cards in his mom's basement, which I, I've never played magic. I don't <laughs> live in my parents' house. But like, so like there was a point where he, I think he was getting frustrated that people weren't talking about him, right? I remember, I believe it was UFC, uh, I believe it was 202, if my memory serves me correct, the Connor Nate card. And I, he was on mm. the prelims. And I remember him coming in the back and doing like the scrum after he won a fight. And I remember him saying he wanted to fight Robbie Lawler. And I, I was like, you know, like Colby couldn't be any further away from the Robbie Lawlers of the world at this point. Like what a crazy thing. But it started like, okay, I think he started to get that he needed to start speaking up. Then we get to a fight between him and Damian Maya in Brazil. That's and where as, things went crazy. <laughs> right. And as the story goes, the UFC told him like, look, you lose this fight, we're cutting you. Those wrestlers are good to a degree, but if you're not going to be someone that they can promote, they actually don't want you on the roster because now you're kind of acting as like a roadblock to other guys like because they're going to put you in there against a guy who they want to promote, who is a great star or potential star, but can't wrestle. You're going to beat him. And now we're stuck with, you know, the vanilla wrestler. So he's in Brazil. His, his, his manager and the owner of ATT, Dan Lambert, tells him, like, they're going to cut you if you lose. He beats Damian Maya, a legend, and he gets on the microphone. Daniel Cormier is holding the microphone, and he cuts, like, a killer heel promo, calling everyone filthy animals. And, like, it's a very intense moment. DC is there. He's uncomfortable, and they're just showering him with booze, right? Like, killing him and and the story actually is like it got really like they had to escort him out of the building they had to have security in uh in the hotel they had to escort him to his flight like to like from the hotel to the gate they had to escort him because wow. it was that tense and that led to a lot of discussion like you know was that um racist was that you know w was that too far did he go but i think something that he realized was holy crap i've tapped into something here if I play the bad guy, if I really go all the way to the the edge, people are going to start caring about me. And that was the issue. No one cared about him. Dan Lambert, the the owner of ATT, is a massive pro wrestling fan, gigantic pro wrestling fan. Doing he stuff with our room. friends from AEW. Yes, that's right. He has a room in his house with like over 100 old school pro wrestling belts. He collects them. That's how big of a fan he is. Dan and Colby got together. And uh, Dan, you know, I think Dan is a Trump supporter, all good, whatever. And I think they realized like, hey, we could be like a early 90s heel here. You know, MAGA is a big thing. We tap into this. This is instant heat. Like everyone's going to hate you. And so that's where the hat comes in. That's where the pictures come in. That's where he goes, you know, to the White House and all this stuff. And I, I actually had no issue with it. Like I thought this is like an early 90s WWF heel. Some people got really mad. Some people thought you shouldn't, you know, cross the two in, you know, like you shouldn't have politics in, in fighting and all that. I was like, yo. It's it's fine. At times was it cheap? At times was it a little too much. Like he would spoil the Star Wars ending and stuff, and piss people off. But he's being a heel, and that's what it does. And guess what? It all worked. People cared about him. People and and he was cutting good promos. He one like I remember in Chicago, he beat RDA, and he like uh, he had a bottle of water there, and I think it was like Tears of the Virgins or something written on it. Like he just was doing stuff to piss people off. And uh, and it worked, and you see what 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 he became. So he had to do that, and uh, he tapped into something that was going on in society at the time, and and people started caring. The playoffs have started in basketball and hockey, and there's really only one way that I can enjoy it. For me, drinking Miller Lite while the action is going on makes the game that much more exciting and that much more delicious. 
A lot has changed over the years, but one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. So what do you look for in a light beer? Great taste or less filling? For me, it's great taste and less filling. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door, visit MillerLite.com crate, C-R-A-T-E. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. And the funny thing is, like, him and Masvidal were buddies, were friends. Like, they were in co- yes. uh, You see the promo where they're in the same corner together. They're at fights together. They lived together at one point. They fight at ATT together. And then all that goes sour when, you know, things hit the fan. And what's funny to me is Colby is fabricated, right? Like, that, that persona has become fabricated because all of a sudden he's getting calls from Donald Trump, and he's like, oh my yeah. God, this is the greatest thing ever. And I remember the fight with Kamara Usman. They were trying to fight to see who would get Trump's approval more, yeah, right? Which is was a weird. weird, it was a yeah. weird situation. Yeah. Yeah. But from a fighter's perspective, like, he kept winning fights, and then he kept fighting Usman and, like, standing up with him. And, like, that last fight that they just had, like, that was a war, and mm-hmm. Colby stood up there and took it. And obviously the last time we saw Masvidal, it wasn't great. So we're coming to 272 now, and it's like, from a tactical perspective, two opposite ends of the spectrum. Obviously, Colby, uh, elite ground and, and wrestling work, and George is one of the best stand-up fighters in, in the game. Like, where do you see this going? Because it can only go one way, right? There's going to be a knockout one way or another. You know, I don't agree. Really? I don't agree. I don't think it ends in a knockout. I think it goes the distance. And, uh, you know, I think that Jorge, yes, he did just get knocked out. He's a hard guy to knock out. Colby doesn't have tremendous power in his hands. Um, I mean, he was standing there like when Usman... Colby had a chance to beat Usman the first time. Usman wasn't training with Trevor Whitman in Colorado. He has come... I mean, uh, New York Rick on my show nailed it i thought i'd even think of this but he was the most improved fighter of last year and it's crazy to say for a guy who's won that many fights in a row who's a Pound champion champ, like yeah. training with trevor whitman changed everything for kamar usman he was actually training um in florida as well with uh with another team there and uh sanford mma and then left because he was going to fight gilbert burns another florida guy we don't have to get too in the weeds there but that changed everything for mm-hmm. him and when they fought the first time in december of 2019 uh he was not Usman was not the striker that he is today. And Colby, I think, could have knocked him out because of how you know, lackluster Usman's striking was. He just doesn't have that power. Um, so I don't see him knocking out Masvidal, even though Masvidal is coming off the first knockout loss of his career. And that's big. And I don't see him submitting him. You talked about it on the show uh, on Wednesday. That's big. When you have your first knockout, and you talked about GSP too, Like your style yeah. changes because you're like, oh, I... I didn't think that that could happen, and obviously it was a punch yes. heard around the world. Like the, it almost looked like a movie, right? When when Masvidal got knocked out, Kamaru sent crazy. him that right hand. It was just like pff, lights out. The entire place went crazy, and that stays in the back of your mind for a bit. It's almost like when 100%. you have an injury and you're playing basketball, and you're like, "Ooh, my knee is kind of weird. Like, let me not do the same things that I used to do." That's why I'm saying there could be a chance of a knockout, just because now it's dominoes falling. You know what I mean? So, but. 
It, there's there's a lot of things I, that could I go could wrong. I could see that. I could see that. I mean, Dan Lambert, who I asked about it, and, and even Mike Brown on Monday, they dismissed it. Of course, they're going to dismiss it. But that's a real thing that a lot of fighters have talked about. You get knocked out for the first time. The next time out there, you know, you're tentative. You're a little gun shy. Now, that was back in April. It's what, March, 11 months later. Perhaps, you know, he's gotten out of his system. But, you know, usually the first time out, you're a little bit different. Uh, I think what ultimately bothers me mo most about this fight isn't the fact that it isn't happening in Miami, all that stuff. I feel like it's happening two years too late. Mm. And I wish it was happening in 2019 or 2020. Um, I just, I, I, I worry for Masvidal's sake that, you know, those two losses to Usman and just the time off, you know, he's getting up there in age, getting up there in his career. He's been fighting a lot longer. It just, it almost reminds me a little bit of the Woodley Covington fight where I was like, damn, I wish they were fighting two years prior. Uh, Woodley was a shell of his former self when he fought Covington. So we'll see what happens. I, I think that Covington is the second best welterweight in the world right now behind Usman. Uh, I think his cardio is incredible. His pace is incredible. He's got a great chin. Uh, I don't think he has knockout power, but he's just a relentless, uh, tough fighter who will do whatever it takes to win. And he just keeps coming. His output is insane. That fight against Robbie Lawler was insane. And, you know, Masvidal is an underrated wrestler. Uh, I just don't know if he'll be able to finish Covington to your to your you know prediction, and uh, I, I worry about how the last two fights have affected him. Funny enough, in that Wednesday show, you were talking to Dan Lambert, owner of Top Team, and he went back and said everything changed for Jorge when he got back from the Spanish reality show. One of the first shows that I did with you was Masvidal's return to your show wow. after he got back. Which wow. was 2018 ish, around yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember getting Mazvidal and being like, oh, dude, this is the guy from when I used to watch MySpace videos of bare knuckle boxing in Perrine. Like, I know this dude. And that was his first show back. And it's funny how he points back to that being the catalyst for him changing basically his yep. entire life because he was a guy that was a journeyman fighter. He's got 50 fights under his belt or whatever it is. And he's not that huge star. And then. Boom, like everything changes for him. He was split decision Masvidal. Every fight was so kind of, ah, oh man, it feels like you were stuck in neutral. Like it feels like you could have done more. The Iaquinta fight, very uh, disappointing for him. The Wonderboy Thompson fight at MSG, that was the last fight before his break. And then it just kind of like, he's on the prelims and it's like, all right, you know, he fought in strike force, he fought for the belt, all this stuff. And it's just like, man, for some reason, this guy shows flashes of brilliance. And then the next fight, split decision loss, frustrating loss, right? He didn't get beat up. It just, he didn't do quite enough. And he has that fight. So this is 2017. He disappears. He fights Wonder Boy. He loses. He disappears. No one really hears anything about him. I'm, you know, fairly close to his manager, Abraham Kawa. Hey, yeah. So he would give me updates on him. And um, he tells me like, oh man, he's on this reality show. It's huge. I don't, you know, I don't speak Spanish. I didn't watch the show. I understood that it was a big deal. I know the network was a big deal, but you know, it wasn't something I was tapped into. And then when he comes back, he starts telling me how he changed, how he's different, how he's focused. And then that first fight, still, regardless of all that, he gets booked against Darren Till in London and Till's a huge star. And you're like, all right, you know, they're giving Till a nice opponent, a name, main event. At the time, everyone wanted to see Till versus Leon Edwards. Mm -hmm. Um but Leon Edwards fought in, on the co-main event. And so they give him uh, Masvidal. And even leading up to that fight, if you go back, like no one thought Masvidal was going to win that fight. He was not the star. He was not the A-side for that fight. It's in London, all this stuff. Um, and I'll actually, I'll never forget it. I was in um, 
Oklahoma City, ESPN gave me the opportunity to work on um, that show Hoop Streams. Mm-hmm. And I'm with uh, Steven Jackson and Cassidy Hubberth. And I'm like, I actually didn't watch it live because it's such a big deal. It was in the afternoon here in America. And uh, someone tells me that um, I see, uh, actually I see on Twitter, Jorge Masvidal knocked out Darren Till, like brutally knocked him out. I was like, what like, the what? hell? <laughs> what the hell? And I actually remember um, Jonas Jarebko playing for the Warriors, huge MMA fan, comes up to me in the layup line before the game. It's Warriors uh, Thunder. And he's like, did you hear about Till and Masvidal? I was like, yes, I just heard. Like he was watching it in the ba- in the that's locker so room cool. on ESPN+. Plus. It's crazy. So we find out and then that's when the whole three-piece in a soda. But so it was like that knockout in London, the thing with Leon Edwards, three-piece in a soda happens. All, and then it's like, holy crap, Masvidal is back. And it's Masvidal 2.0 and it's Masvidal resurrection, all that stuff. And then, of course, the next one is Askren, and then the big one the at legend, MSG. Yeah, 2019 that's... is like one of the most legendary years for any fighter. And what was so crazy about it was this guy had already been in the sport at that point, I think off the top of my head, 17 years. Like that doesn't happen. <laughs> you don't become a star after 17 so years. Crazy. You're actually becoming irrelevant in year 17. He changed everything. There's nobody in any sports that I can think of that has that kind of longevity and then all of a sudden has the star turn and just turns like rocket fuel into the sky. Like I've it's never nuts. seen that before. I would joke with uh, him and Abe. Uh, you ever see Wayne's World 2? <laughs> no, I didn't see it. <laughs> okay, Wayne's World 2. You, you know about Wayne's World, right? Yes, I saw one. One. Okay, one's great. You know, there are these guys in the basement. They've got nothing going on. Wayne's World 2, they become huge stars. And there's one scene where Wayne and Garth are just like draped in sponsors. They're eating Pizza Hut. They're drinking Pepsi. I've seen, I've seen the visual on that. Yes. You know what I mean? And I was like, yo. Your Instagram right now is Garth and Wayne's World too. Like every post was a huge sponsor. You, I was like, dude, like how are you? Like this is crazy that you are now becoming one of the biggest stars in the history of the sport. Uh, when two years ago, no one wanted anything to do with you, and so like it was, it was, a, it was a great thing to see. I was very happy for him. I remember him in the Versace shirt, yeah. sli- you know, the 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 silk shirt open, eating yeah. a pizza on a private jet on the way to where was it? Abu Dhabi when he fought. Abu Dhabi. Yeah, I was like. Dude, this guy's made it. I love that. Let's uh, let's run through the card really quick. Um, do you even want to talk about Greg Hardy and Spivak? I mean, the thing is, like, I don't. What, I don't what are get we doing the, here? What are we doing? I don't get the fascination. I don't get the fascination. And there's great fights on the prelims, and I actually don't get like hung up on this stuff. People are like, why is this fight on the prelims when it should be on the pay per view? Actually, like, if I'm a Marina Rodriguez and a Yan Shaunan, which is a very important fight at 115 pounds, potential number one contender fight. I'm like, or if I'm their manager, I'm like, I don't really care to be on the pay-per-view because more than likely more people are going to see us on the prelims. Like the prelims on ESPN will be seen by a million plus. The pay-per-view, if it's a good one, will be 500, 600. So who cares? The thing I don't understand is they continuously put Greg Hardy in these prime time spots. I don't get it. No one wanted to see him to begin with and they they sure as hell don't want to see him anymore. And and they they keep doing it. And I'll never forget the first ever ESPN card back in January of 2019. They put Greg Hardy on the same card as a, a female fighter who had just been, you know, physically abused by her partner at the yes, time, right? Yes. And and I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, this is like the most tone-deaf thing. I remember saying it on first take and Dana got all mad. I was like, come on, like if, if we're gonna put him on the cards, could we at least like not do that? The the woman's name is Rachel Ostovich, and it was like it was very awkward. So yeah, I don't know. It, I, it's there. I don't think anyone cares. Kevin Holland moving down to fight Alex Oliveira. What do you think about that? Man, uh, Kevin Holland at 170. He hasn't fought at 170, I think, in five years. Definitely not in the UFC. Uh, uh, you know, he had that amazing year where he went 5-0. and 0. Uh, 
uh, and then he started to fight guys who wrestled him, unfortunately, and it didn't really pan out. Now, just because you move down to 170 doesn't mean all of a sudden you can stop a takedown. So, you know, he really needs to improve in that regard. Uh, Oliveira is, you know, an older guy, but somewhat of a wild guy who has solid jiu-jitsu. I don't think he'll be strong enough, big enough, good enough to get him to the ground. Uh, I still feel like that guy from two years ago, the one who went 5-0, is still there. And he was beating guys like Alex Oliveira during that run. It was only when he moved up to the higher echelon, those big dudes at 185, that he was getting, you know, uh, roughed up. So I think Colin should uh, have a good performance here. And and it, it sounded like his weight cut was good. Like it's not going to drain him. He's not going to be weak or anything like that. So I still have high hopes for Kevin Holland. Are you subscribed to Kevin's meat or no? What the uh, the OnlyFans? The OnlyFans? No, it's like a cooking to... OnlyFans, right? Like yeah. that's all it is. I, I hear that's, that's it's a good very uh, SFW. It's not NSFW. <laughs> it's not like Paige Van Zandt or anything like that. But uh, no, I I am not subscribed. Oh, uh, we got to uh, get you on. <laughs> are you subscribed? No, I'm not. But it'd be oh, okay. funny to see you commenting yeah. on his stuff. Like, oh, right. Ariel's following me on OnlyPan. Only, Pan. Only oh, uh, what is it? Kevin's mean OnlyFans. Only fans, yeah. Uh, Edson Barbosa versus Doug Nasty. This is a really good fight, by the way. Like, really I didn't good. mind if they made this the coming event when everyone was freaking out that this card was too thin um and before they moved rda to it uh i was like this is a great this is a great fight um and this is a unique pay-per-view because there are no title fights on it very rare for the ufc to do this first time since 2015 by the way that there's uh no title on the line and the main event doesn't involve mcgregor or nathan diaz like those no were the, the exceptions yeah the last time this happened was ufc 183 anderson silva nick diaz that's the last time a non-title uh, fight was the main event of a pay-per-view, and that fight did not involve McGregor or Nathan Diaz. So pretty significant and a huge feather for Colby and, and Jorge. Um, anyway, so so Thug Nasty is great. Bryce Mitchell is great. I don't necessarily agree with some of his political views, as I learned uh, last week on my show, but um, he is a great talent. He's great on the ground. He's relentless on the ground. He hasn't fought since... 20 late 2020 so it's been a bit of a stretch for him um and barbosa is one of the all-time great strikers in the history of the sport i was very concerned when he dropped down to 145 i thought it was going to be too tough he was too big it would take too much out of him but it seems like it has it has worked out he's pretty solid at 45 uh, i think uh mitchell will try to take the fight to the ground um i think he's better on the ground than barbosa some people are picking barbosa I, I think i think mitchell has a better chance if this fight goes to the ground uses his grappling uses his wrestling his his submissions are great he's just a really strong dude and so i can see maybe a 30 to 27 a 29 28 for him or even a submission if possible rda mocano well this fight is crazy because it was supposed to be rda versus um rafael Fiziev, which i loved i loved that fight RDA is one of the most underappreciated fighters in the history of the sport. This dude fights everyone. He's a former champion. He's been in, in the sport for almost 20 years, and he never says no to anyone. And there are too many guys in this sport who, you know, squat on their spot. They wait for their, like, big fight. They don't want to fight someone who's ranked behind them. They don't want to do this, that. I mean, they're just a nightmare to deal with. They, they reach, like, top six, top seven. Like, no, I'm not fighting someone who's eight, nine, ten. RDA fights everyone. I mean, like, just just very quickly here. Can I just read you like the guys that this man has fought? Please and, do. Oh, by the and, and like it will sound a little bit more impressive now because like these guys have developed into who they are today. But when he fought a lot of these guys, they weren't who they were today. So like, let's go back. I don't know. Let me pick out 2013. Let's go all the way back to that's nine years ago. Nine years ago. Donald Cerrone, Habib Nurmagomedov, <laughs> Benson Henderson, Nathan Diaz, Anthony Pettis, Cerrone again, 
Eddie Alvarez, Tony Ferguson, Tarek Safdine, Strikeforce Welterweight Champion, Neil Magny, Robbie Lawler, Colby Covington, Kamaru Usman, Kevin Lee, Leon Edwards, Michael Chiesa. Like that is literally a everybody. Row. <laughs> a murderer's row, right? He does not get the respect, A, for what he's done, B, for who he's fought, and, and C, for always being down to fight anyone. Like when he fought Colby, Colby wasn't who Colby was. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll fight him. No one wanted to fight Colby. When he fought Usman, no one wanted to fight Usman. Anyway. Um, so he's supposed to fight Fiziev, and this is another case of that. No one wants to fight Fiziev. He's a crazy striker. He's great. He's tough. He doesn't have the name, so no one wants to fight him. He's like, yeah, sure, I'll fight that guy. So, and, and by the way, signed up to fight Islam a couple of times. No one wanted to fight Islam Makhachev as well. He doesn't get credit for that. So they were supposed to fight February 19th. It gets bumped because of a visa issue to this card. Great. This card gets bumped. You know, like the profile gets a little bigger. It's a good co-main. Unfortunately, Fiziev gets COVID. Fight is off. We find out, like, on my show is crazy. I'm the one delivering the news to him. Yep. And uh, luckily, they get Moicano. Now, Moicano's a total gangster. The guy was 180 pounds when he agreed to this fight. Flies in from Brazil to Las Vegas on Wednesday. Like, that's a long-ass trip. Vegas, Brazil, like, that's that's super far. Um, 180, got to cut the weight. And the fight remains five rounds because Which the Fizia fight. Yeah. I don't even understand why it's five rounds. I don't even think it should be five rounds, to be honest. But like RDA wanted it, and Moicano was like, yeah, sure. Uh, everyone wanted the Islam fight. RDA How close was that? Up. How close was that? Because people, uh, he fought two days ago, right? And Bobby Green, yeah, who but, I love, I love Bobby Green. He didn't even get touched. He didn't get touched. You, you know, my honest take on it is, and, and actually Dana White confirmed it, like RDA called his bluff. Our, our, Islam went out on Twitter Maybe it was him. Maybe it was his manager. Who the hell knows? You never know with those guys. But um, I think it was Islam. And he's like, I'll do it at 170. RDA comes back as like 165 because it's supposed to be 55 fight. And then he's like, oh, you're running. So RDA is like, F it. I'll do 170. And then it's crickets. <laughs> and, and then the fight doesn't get made. So I don't know. I think he called his bluff. Look, if he has a title shot waiting for him, great. Like what he should have done was like, nah, I just fought two days ago. I'm good. But the fact that he played that game and got called on it, I think was a bad look. And now, if Dana White is to be believed, he's kind of getting punished for it because now Dana's saying he's going to have to fight Benil Dariush again and yeah. not get the title shot. I was like, damn, that is, a, that is a miscalculation. Anyway, back to the fight. Um, I actually like this fight, and I think that RDA gains pretty much the same thing beating Moicano that he would have beating Fiziev. I kind of view them as, as you know similarly ranked fighters. The issue is like, Moicano losing all that weight, short notice. Can he really keep up? RDA is a slight favorite, but like it's not as big as I thought it was going to be. Um, RDA hasn't fought in a while, like 16 months as well, getting up there in age. I don't know. I like like this fight on the ground. Like if Moicano could get this fight on the ground and use his grappling and jujitsu, like he has a chance. I just worry about that short notice and weight cut. If he could pull this off, it's a massive, massive deal for him. RDA is a super tough out and usually beats guys like this. Um, but you know the layoff. And uh, the age for RDA makes it a little more interesting. Maybe that's why the line is close. Waikano is, is definitely tremendous and looked great in his last fight. I just worry about the short notice and the weight cut, the travel. That weight cut must be a in, bear. Yeah, four Especially days when you're traveling for, what, 15 hours to try yeah. and get from Brazil to Vegas? 20 pounds. You can't do anything on a plane. What are you going to do? You're going to wear a sweatsuit? And, okay, I can only no. sweat so much or do you know whatever in my cut routine. Um, I was surprised to see getting to the, to the main event. Like I was surprised to see... Colby with our friends at DraftKings, our soulmates at DraftKings, actually, um, minus 320 were his odds. And I was like, that's a lot. Like, do they know something we don't know? I'm not 
super surprised. Uh, it's just a tough matchup for Jorge. It's a tough like look. Colby is similar to Usman, right? Would you agree with that? You yes. know, wrestler, not uh, an incredible striker, but now but gotten can, better at striking. Gotten yeah. better. Uh, great cardio, great pace, great output. Just a super tough out, right? So you could say like similar. Um, and we just saw Jorge fight that guy twice, right? Now every fight is different and you don't know what's going to happen. I am a little worried about the emotion, which I asked those guys about this week, you know, Lambert and Brown, like, you know, when it's personal, when it's emotional, do you kind of fight a little bit, you know, crazy? Um, I just worry about, I worry about the age. I worry about the layoff. I worry about the knockout coming off the knockout. I worry about like, we just saw this fight twice. I actually don't officially make picks uh, for the simple reason that these guys are very sensitive and they get mad at you when uh, you pick against them. <laughs> when you actually them. have relationships with them, it's yeah, different yeah. than They're just like, guys yeah, on TV. Like, oh yeah, well, I'll Kobe, pick uh, whoever. Yeah, and Kobe actually, Kobe's not, Kobe's actually really mad at me now, won't talk to me, which is funny because when I was at ESPN, I would have him on the show quite often and I got a lot of shit for it. Yeah. Like they would get mad at me. They would tell me to ask him to take off the hat. Yes, I remember. And I was, I was like, no, man, this is who he is. I'm not going to do that. I don't really believe in that stuff, so I'm not going to do that. And now he won't talk to me, which is crazy. But anyway, um, I just, to go back to your point, I'm not surprised because I feel like people feel like we saw this fight twice very recently for Jorge, and it's coming a little late. And so they think that the same thing is going to happen. Quick fire. When are we going to see uh, Rose Namajunas again? My wife's favorite fighter, by the way. She oh, will yeah, not miss a Rose fight. She's the best. My wife loves her, loves her as well. In fact, I got my wife a uh, rose shirt. Ruka came out with like a shirt where it's just like her face and she looks super badass on the on the shirt. And so uh, I got that for my wife because I think like regular women can kind of see themselves in her, right? Mm -hmm. She doesn't have huge muscles. You know, she she's flawed. She talks about her flaws and then she goes out and does these like superhuman things. She's amazing. Um, I think by the end of the summer, we'll see her. I actually have been meaning to reach out to her fiance, Pat Barry, about that because people keep asking me. But I think end of the summer, and hopefully it's against Carlos Barza, who beat her in the first mm -hmm. ever strawweight title fight like eight years ago. Uh, when are we going to see Izzy Cannonier? I think there's a chance we see them in July. There's two pay-per-views in July, July 2nd and July 30th. I think there's a chance we see them on one of those. How about Usman? I think we see Usman probably in August or September. Uh, he's coming off the hand uh, mm -hmm. surgery, um, but it sounds like it's going well. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's Leon Edwards. I think he deserves it. I do worry that if Hamza Chemaev beats Gilbert Burns in impressive fashion in a little over a month, that he vaults over Leon because everyone wants to skip over Leon, but hopefully they get that done beforehand. Leon gets his title shot. And, and then if Hamza beats Burns, he should be next because, I mean, you beat Burns, you should be next in my opinion. What are we going to do with Francis Ngannou? Like, he's still, you know, it, it's, it's a tough. weird one. It's weird, right? He's obviously got a bad relationship with the UFC. The money situation, I heard you talking to Tyson Fury about he made 650 grand and Dillian White, who's going to like be a nobody in seven years, right? Yeah. Is making 8.4 if he beats Tyson. Like, crazy. It's crazy. So, like, what is Ngannou's next move? Obviously, he's the heavyweight champion, he's, he's the number one guy. Like, nobody's going to dethrone him, I think. And he's just going to ride off into the sunset? No, no. So he's going to have surgery. The surgery is a bit of a bummer because it kind of puts a wrench in everything, stops the momentum, but maybe buys the UFC some time to figure this out. He's going to have surgery March 14th. Um, so let's say, okay, that goes well. Let's say he's out six, seven, eight months. Um, that pretty much brings him to the end of his contract. His contract is up end of this year, December of, of 2022. 
the UFC wants him around. He just feels very disrespected. Um, the UFC doesn't want to do business with his management. His management is CAA. UFC is owned by Endeavor. There are like two Competing, massive yes. agencies. <laughs> so they keep trying to get him to leave, which is awkward. And they want him to go sign with this other guy. It's like, it's a little too messy. And the one thing about Francis is like, the dude has conviction. Like he, he, he really is sticking to his guns. He keeps saying, it's not about the money. It's about the respect. It's about the treatment. It's about the relationship. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, peace, I'm out of here. Um, especially when you have Tyson Fury throwing out like, hey, I'd love to fight you and we'll both be free agents and we could do this on our own. I can assure you he'd make a hell of a lot more than 650,000 if he took that fight. Now the yeah. question is, what do you do after that fight, right? Like what do you do after? Now I actually think given Tyson's relationship with Top Rank and given the fact that Top Rank is on ESPN and given the fact that UFC is with ESPN, maybe the carrot that they dangle in front of Francis to get him to resign is, hey, We'll do this fight. We'll, we'll co-promote with Top Rank under the ESPN umbrella. We'll do this fight because you want it, and then we get to keep you. Because if you look at the landscape of MMA, Bellator doesn't have a very good heavyweight division, one championship. Where's he going to go? Where's he going to go to keep making Like, you can't think one-off. You have to think long-term. And he's not a spring chicken. So ultimately, I think they figure it out. I wouldn't be surprised if the Tyson thing is actually involved in the package, believe it or not. Um I don't think we see him again this year, uh, but I, I, I th my gut says they figure it out and he gets paid a boatload and, and, and the gamble paid off. He bet on himself. He loses that fight. He has no leverage. He won the fight and now he has all the leverage. Number one guy in the sport when you talk about MMA, Ariel Hawani. Tell everybody, he'll, you got to get a mask. You got to give me something. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if we, you know, we had El Bastardo last time. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted serious. Uh, no, come on. It's the show. Yeah, Nettys? that's right. I mean, that's we broke right. the internet. Last time El Nettys made an appearance <laughs> on the Lebetard show. We had to let everyone know it was 10 7s all day. And so it's great that you guys are doing this. I love it. By the way, can I say shout out to Billy? I saw him give a 10 7 to David Sampson. That's right. That no good, that turncoat, the worst owner in the history of Major League Baseball. Keep at it, Billy, wherever you are. I'm supporting you. I love it. I you were there like in spirit. He's channeling his inner Hilwani when he's doing that. Good for you. Tell um, everybody where, where they can find you on all your path. You're doing everything, which I love too, because now you are independent, free Hilwani, and you're doing Hilwani. your thing, baby. Let me know. Where's every, no where can, where can everybody me. find you? Uh, well, I guess the best places like my Twitter, Ariel Hawani, Instagram, Ariel Hawani. But let's be honest, Tony. Can I call you Tony? Of course. They know who I am. They don't need to know where to find me. They already know. They're already subscribed because if you want the unfiltered truth, you want the actual, you know, story about what's going on in the sport of mixed martial arts, you don't go to state-run media. That's right. You don't go to the jabrones. You don't go to the lapdogs. You come to Hiawani. You come to the guy who tells it like it is. The big without dog. Without any bias. Yes, that's right. All day, every day. And if you don't know, now you know. Now you know. That's my mentor right there in the game. <laughs> That'll be over another episode of the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Make sure you check out our music. Tony, Tony, I spin right. it again. El Hierro. I, I, well, I don't know what that means. What, what does that mean? Tell us what it means. The iron. The iron. The it means iron. like a gun. Whoa. Hmm. Oh, yeah. my God. Sorry All to right. We'll see you guys next week. Okay, check out good. the musical. Yeah, check out the musical. Wherever you I get cried. podcasts on the Dan Levitard show feed. Mm -hmm. The big game, we're calling it. It is also available... It's not really a pre-order because it's on. If you're a Spotify subscriber, then you'll get it. But it's available for a pre-save, where once the album goes live on Spotify, 
you will get it into your Spotify. And uh, we have tweeted out that link as well. We might include it in the description here on Mystery Crate. So there's a good plug for us. Also, uh, also check out our YouTube channel this Saturday. Me, Tony, Juju, anybody else is welcome yeah. to join. We're going to be having fun watching UFC. 9 right. o'clock. Yeah. First, first drink is popped at 9 o'clock. Let's go around the room with plugs. Baby. First Miller Lite. Let's go around the Are room with plugs. expensing that? Expensing what? The drink? Expensing the fight. No, the fight. Oh, the fight. oh you Ooh. should. Mm. No, I never you? really it's thought about expense. it, but yeah, making content against it. Yeah, definitely. Mm. You can't expense. We're all going to have to pay for you can't it. I'm just going to put it under I, your name. You can't expense like, $3.99, right, Tony? Yeah. Oh, that's also true. Yeah, yeah, $3.99. I can yeah. that. I can yeah. free 99 and, and there's no receipt for that. Yeah. Plugs? Cinephile has Chris Kattan, and I might make a revelation about using drugs. Huh. Roy, oh, what do you got what? on MoCo this week? Uh, okay. Montgomery and Company, we have Haley Rosen. Uh, she's Moco. a former professional hmm. soccer player. And she has her own media company called Just Women Sports. Okay. Uh, Billy, oh. Stupidity, God Bless Football? No, got a new SoundCloud album out if you guys want to follow me. Wow, how about that? I'm trying to be a rapper. You know? oh, I, you, oh, I great. thought you were, yeah. you were building off the success of All In. No, I made all that up. Uh, right. To be honest with you, uh, Stupidity... By now, once this is out, uh, you'll know what it is. Uh, but we will either have George Masvidal or we will not have George Masvidal. And okay. if we don't have George Masvidal, we have something else. But... I love when we get a sneak peek at everyone's shows for the week. And yeah. Bob well, just the, tried to the, kick us out. The thing, the thing is, is that this, is, this interview was supposed to happen a couple days ago and it keeps becoming tomorrow. And tomorrow has become today and then today becomes tomorrow. Uh, so now I've been well, trying to now, I've, if you're I've been trying this, to find out if Stugatz is going on vacation for three days. So I'm I'm, I'm, well, I'm well familiar yes. with this. Assume yes. Yeah. I'm glad that you are running into that because I too have been asking him about that and asking him should we be recording for next week and have things banked and he's like, well, I may not be out of town anymore. I may not go on vacation. I'm uh. like, but are you or are you not going on vacation? I've never met anyone whose vacation is. <laughs> so often up in the air till the day before the vacation as Stugatz because like what he told me and I this sounds mean and I don't mean this to be mean but just so you guys understand kind of what we're dealing with he said that he's going on vacation for his daughter's spring break but something else that we're doing as a show might get in the way of that and then he said he may go the following week but when is his daughter's spring break? <laughs> that doesn't seem like something that can move. That's something we can Google and find out. Yeah, Just unless saying. it's a two-week spring break. Put on my journalism which be quite pants. something. Yeah. Everything is that a fluid. thing? That's yeah. not a thing, is it? People no, that is not. No, absolutely not. No. Lewis just spin the wheel again. He did it. Spun the wheel. What was it? La bomba. La bomba. Richie Valens. All right, Tony. Tony, you what? got, uh, you got. well, first off, we just heard your interview with Ariel Hawana. You'll be doing some UFC content great, great on the interview. YouTube channel on Saturday night. That's right. What did I say? I said it was a great interview. Oh, yeah, it was a great interview. Tremendous. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lewis, YouTube channel. That, Lewis. Uh, Jess, off the looking glass, still on we'll hiatus. Be back. We'll be back soon. All right. And uh, those are our plugs. Thanks All for right. listening, everybody. Well, I another episode of Misery. Great. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> I shit on 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that means, huh? Have fun with this, Jeremy Taché. The playoffs have started in basketball and hockey, and there's really only one way that I can enjoy it. For me, drinking Miller Lite while the action is going on makes the game that much more exciting and that much more delicious. A lot has changed over the years, but one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. So what do you look for in a light beer? Great taste or less filling? For me, it's great taste and less filling. Miller Lite keeps it simple. 
Undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door, visit MillerLite.com crate, C-R-A-T-E. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer.